Well, welcome this morning. I am Steve, one of the pastors on staff here. And as we have said, we've had a great time uh, this week of celebration and all that were going on. And we told you last week that not only would Reggie be here, but we were going to have another very, very special guest. And I'm going to allow our own, as you know, Pastor Jim, the mastermind of 30 years of uh, Youth Explosion. Yeah. Thank you. You may be seated. I, I don't want to spoil the surprise, but if you really want to hear something uh, interesting, ask Pastor Jim afterwards what uh, Preston and, and Reggie got him as a, as a present for uh, 30 years. Uh, so, so Jim's going to introduce a very special guest, and then he's going to introduce Reggie also. Thank you, Pastor Steve. Yeah, you know, first of all, it's, um, God, again, did great things on uh, this weekend, incredibly so, and I'll uh, just share briefly uh, with you when, when I introduce Reggie there. But, but first I want to tell you, you all remember last summer we took our youth group to uh, Philadelphia to our friend's church, our Hispanic friend's church there, and uh, met some incredible, so hospitable people. It was unbelievable. We did a VBS. We did some other things with them there uh, at their church back in June. And I, and I coerced them and convinced them to come out to Youth Explosion this year. And they brought 21, uh, uh, 17 students and four adults. So we're so appreciative of that. But then also we thought it would be really nice for a treat because I've actually worked uh, uh, Pastor uh, Samuel here uh, pretty hard here because he spoke briefly at our services at uh, Youth Explosion. Well, he, he actually did a seminar on diversity, which went very well as, uh, as well. So he's got an incredible story. He's going to give some greetings right here. Pastor Samuel uh, Navarro, thank you so much for being here. Blessing to you and appreciate you sharing with us this morning. Buenos dias, familia. Good morning, family. It's a pleasure to be here among you. And uh, to close the cycle of this year. Estando con ustedes este día tan especial. Being with you all this special day. Por, por el mes de marzo de este año, uh, March of this year, recibí una llamada del pastor David Barner. Uh, I, re I received a phone call from Pastor David Martin. Y me dice Samuel. Sam. Hay un pastor en en Ohio que tiene un proyecto con unos jóvenes. Uh, there is a pastor in Ohio who has a project with the youth. Y este pastor es igual a ti. And this pastor is just like you. ¿Por qué le digo? Why? Este pastor anda para arriba, para abajo, para arriba, para abajo, para arriba, Because para this abajo. pastor goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Y le digo yo, bueno, ¿y eso qué tiene que ver conmigo? And okay, what that has to do with me? Pues él tiene un proyecto porque los muchachos que quiere llevar para Filadelfia no hablan español. They have a project because he wants to take some kids to Philadelphia, but they don't speak Spanish. Pero tienen una maravillosa maestra que les está enseñando a hablar español. But they have a wonderful teacher that is teaching them Spanish. Oh. <laughs> Y me dice que hay un proyecto de misiones y queremos, quieren visitar tu iglesia. 
uh, that we have a project of mission projects and we want to uh, come to your uh, church. Soy el pastor de la Iglesia Evangélica Amigos en Filadelfia. I am the pastor of the Friends Church in Philadelphia. Y pertenezco a la misión Amigos. And then I am from the Congregation of Friends. Eso quiere decir que es su casa también. That means that it's your home too. Y si los muchachos quieren ir a Filadelfia, van a casa. And then if your children wants to come to Philadelphia, they come home. So abrimos las puertas we y open, los recibimos con todo nuestro corazón. We open the doors and they receive with all our heart. Tuve el privilegio entonces de conocer casi a mi gemelo Megana por estatura. Uh, so I had the pleasure to meet my twin, well almost, because he's taller than me. Y allí nació una grandiosa experiencia. And then that was the birth of a wonderful experience. Los muchachos tuvieron una gran experiencia y nos bendijeron. Uh, the kids had a wonderful experience and they blessed us. Familia o iglesia en esta mañana. Family or church this morning. Nos, nuestros hijos no pertenecen a las pandillas. Our children do not belong to families. No pertenecen a la droga. Don't, they don't belong to drugs. No pertenecen a la calle. They don't belong in the streets. Pertenecen al reino de Dios. They belong to the kingdom of God. Nuestros hijos no se van a perder. Our children are not going to get lost. Pero necesitan ustedes hacer lo que están haciendo. But you need to do what you are doing right now. Sembrar en ellos el reino de Dios. To us. Uh, put seeds of the kingdom of God in them. Una semana espectacular. A weekend, beautiful weekend. Esa semana. This week. Y cada padre que está representado aquí, gracias por apoyar el proyecto del Pastor and Jim. Every family represented here, thank you for uh, supporting the project of Pastor David. Tengo un minuto y medio para terminar. I have a minute and I have to finish. Y cerramos este fin de semana And we close this weekend con el gran privilegio de parte nuestra o mía with our great, uh, great privilege and humility de ser testigo cómo trabajó este siervo por 30 años con nuestras generaciones. How the, to witness how this wonderful servant worked with the youth for 30 years. Muchas gracias, Pastor Jim, por la oportunidad que nos da. Thank you for the opportunity you've given us. Gracias, congregación, por abrir las puertas, que no haya límite en el reino de Dios. Thank you, congregation, for opening the doors, because there's no limit in the kingdom of God. No importa la apariencia, no importa de dónde venga ni a dónde pertenezca. It doesn't matter how we look, where we're coming from, where you belong. Somos hijos de Dios. We are children of God. Aquel que es hijo de Dios, que le dé un aplauso a Dios en esta of, mañana. If you're a child of God, give him a clap. God bless you. Thank you so much, Pastor. Wow, that was awesome. I appreciate it. I'm so glad you guys got to meet them. I'm so glad they came here because this is, I'm telling you, the real deal. <clears throat> Great church out there in Philadelphia. Um, it was, uh, Reggie, Dabs, I think I know you. Come on up here if you would, please. As, as Reggie comes, <clears throat> I just got to tell you, first of all, church. You know, I'm telling you, it's been 30 years, but, but as I was ref reflecting last night a little bit and, and introducing Reggie, 
like honestly, 30 years, guys, he's been coming out here. And about 17 or 18 of those 30 years of youth exposure, he's been here. And he's been here, um, uh, uh, you know, of those, of those years, we, I thought about this too. I've probably watched and been in so many, uh, over 200 some schools uh, over the years and watched his assemblies, what he does in schools. Uh, I, this week alone, over 10,000 students he spoke to at, at public schools, at 15 different schools uh, this week, which is incredible. Um, yeah, give me a hand. But I want to just tell you again, thank you, because it takes such, I'm telling you, it takes so much work. And over these years, we've worn out this building in so many ways. And this kind of, and, and the volunteers has been incredible, including this year. I'm telling you, it just doesn't, it can't get done without your help over the years. And I know many of you weren't here in 1987 when we first did the first one. And we came back and did the second one in 91. And then all the way through for the next uh, 20, 27, 28 in a row there. I'm telling you, it's an incredible run. I thank the Lord for it. But I will tell you this, it's not done because a couple months ago when we were ending this thing, Malone University approached me and so we we're talking through things and stuff. So Youth Explosion is going to move to Malone University next fall and next November. And so I thank the Lord for that. <laughs> Reggie, my brother, my friend, seriously, I love you, man. You got to preach. So I'm going to let you go here, okay? Absolutely. I'll tell you, I love you, man, brother. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Yep, yep. Well, good morning, church. How's everybody doing today? Some of you are about to get in for the shock of your life. Because I'm going to just be honest. My name is Reggie. If you've never seen me before, I'm from Fort Myers, Florida. And I'm black. So now look, before you get your racial card out, I'm just letting you know. I'm Southern, I'm black, and I'm a preacher. You have a Southern black preacher in the middle of Ohio State country. Y'all have no idea what's about to happen, do you? Okay, just so it's not a shock to your system, listen very carefully. There are three rules in the next 20 minutes. Number one, you have to talk to your neighbor. So touch your neighbor right now. Look him in the eye and say, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Turn to your other neighbor. Say it again. Say, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Number two, good to see you. Number two, you got to talk to the preacher. Somebody say, come on, Reggie. Somebody say, preacher, Reggie. Now, some of y'all are getting into this way too fast right now. Number three, just have a good time this morning. Amen. Just have a good time. Are y'all good? I'm not just a speaker. I was asked to do this. I wasn't going to bring it, but they asked me if I would play a song on my, I'm a saxophone player. Okay. I played a saxophone. I brought my soprano saxophone with me this morning. Hey, can I play the first song I ever learned? That the first youth explosion you did, I was not at. But the second one, I was. And the only reason I came to that second youth explosion is because I was the understudy for a man named Dave Reaver who had a hand grenade blow up six inches from his face. And for eight years, I worked for Dave Reaver. And that 1991 program, I came here, and it was the first time I met Jim and met a lot of you, and we've been friends ever since, ever since. And it's been great. It's been awesome. And don't worry, I'm going to come back. I'm just going to come back. And, and there's a couple of reasons. One, you are some very kind and wonderful people, and you got ladies who can just straight up cook up in this church, y'all, and I... I'm coming back for the food, all right? So if you know this song, you got to help me. I love it. It's my, it's the bottom line. You'll get it. You'll know what it is. Help me out. Here we go. 
If you got your Bible, you want to turn to Psalms chapter 23. I won't be long, but there's something I think that can maybe help you. You know what a preacher's job is on Sunday, right? The preacher's job on Sunday isn't to help you take care of what you did wrong last week. A preacher's job on Sunday is to give you something to keep you right next week. Mm, Y'all didn't get it, but I'm going to keep going, all right? In the book of Psalms, chapter 23, verse 1, the Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Now, if you notice that word, nothing, up on the screen, the Bible says nothing. But where I'm from, if you got nothing, you still got I-N-G. But if you ain't got nothing, all you got is the Lord. <laughs> so I changed it a little bit. <laughs> Go with me on this. So I lack nothing because all I need is the Lord. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. Oh, yes. Even though I walk through the darkest valley. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and staff, it comforts me. I love this because the Bible in the King James Version says this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Now, ladies and gentlemen, just one quick thing. My title today is called Raise It Up. Everybody say, Raise It Up. up. Touch the person right beside you. Say, Raise It Up. Now, there's something we can all agree with. That's this right here. There is one thing we can all be sure of. God is always working. When we are in the crossroads of life, no matter what we come against, when we are forced to face the trials and tribulations of this world, we need to understand that God is right there. We can trust him. He will take care of you. Touch your neighbor and say he'll take care of you. Every one of us go through these valley experiences. A matter of fact, they're a part of life. Every time we go through these valleys, we tend to wonder, why did God allow this to happen? Why did God allow that to happen? You notice I'm saying we. I'm not saying you because I don't preach with you because I don't know you. I ain't going to preach something I read in a book unless it's the Bible because the Bible relates to me. Everything I say, make it personal. Because when you make it personal, it could change somebody's life. So I'm saying us and we, because we all in the same boat. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. The Bible says for all have sinned. So just because a brother stands on a platform, don't think he God. Little lady, I know she meant well. She, every time I walked in the room this weekend, she goes, man of God, man of God. I go, no lady, my name is Reggie. And she's finally, she said, excuse me, you're the preacher, you're the man of God. I said, only in your eyes, because God really knows who I am. And I said, you don't understand. The only reason I preach, I'm just a beggar trying to tell another beggar where the bread is. I'm just, that's it. That's it. I, I just woke up. That's the only thing I got on anybody else. I was asleep, but I'm not asleep no more. Y'all do understand that this is the morning that some of you could finally wake up. You thought you were awake, but until you get in the presence of God, you still sleep. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, you better wake up. (laughs) Y'all starting to laugh like you starting to like this right here, all right? 
In Psalms 23, David speaks of a deep, dark valley where there seems to be no ray of light and no way to see or even to get through it. But the valley is not a dead end street. You don't get what I just said, do you? Let me back up again. The valley of the shadow of death is not a dead end street. The disappointment, the frustrations, the discouragement, the dilemmas of life that bring us to this valley. David says it's just the shadow. I like that word shadow. Somebody say shadow. Touch your neighbor and say, it's just a shadow. I looked up shadow in the dictionary. Here it is. It says a dark area or shade produced by a body coming between rays of light and a surface. Then I realized in order for there to be a shadow, there's got to be light. So wherever you're at in your shadow today, wherever you're at in your valley today, the only reason there's a shadow is because the light is there. And in John chapter one, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. So whatever you're going through on this Sunday morning, Jesus is right there with you. He got you. Touch your neighbor and say, he got you. I love the way y'all are looking at me. Some of you getting a little nervous. Thought I should bring it down a notch. Why should I bring down a notch the good news? All the news that we have, people shouting. All you got to do, if you want to hear something different, flick the channel, one channel. You'll get the opposite of what everybody's screaming. But the only good news I have is Jesus is real. He loves you. He cares about you. And for some reason, I'm the biggest, blackest Hallmark greeting card from heaven you ever saw in your life. And I came to tell you, it's going to be all right. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, everything's going to be all right. <laughs> Keep going, y'all. I got about 80% of you. I started with 40 Man, I still got 15 minutes. Y'all ain't heard nothing yet. It's just a shadow. It's just that I realized something that for these to be a shadow, there has to be light. The valley is the only way for us to get to our personal promised land. The Egyptians were chased the Israelites to the Red Sea and there seemed to be no way around, but God made a way for them to cross. Some of you need to realize if God did it then, he'll do it now. If he saved them then, he'll save us now. Let's go there. Before I read it to you, you want to go to the book of Exodus, all right? I'm going to start reading around Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. But let me set you up. Before we get to verse 13, the people of Israel are all happy. I mean, they broke out, they broke out the tambourines. They were slaves. And then Moses came. And he says, set my people free. Now, a little back study for you people today. What you need to understand about Moses is simply this. I don't know if you knew, but when it comes to race, Moses was white. He was, he was, he was a white man, <laughs> and I can prove that because, see, when Moses went to set the Israelites free and he stood in front of Pharaoh and he said, let my people go, and Pharaoh said no. And then all of a sudden, you see, Moses had his shepherd stick, and the Bible says that God said, drop your stick. And so when he threw his stick on the ground, it turned into a serpent. And then after that serpent ate the other serpents, God said, pick it up. <laughs> the Bible says that Moses stooped down and he picked up the stick, which proves he's a white dude. Because <laughs> ain't no black man picking up no snake. Somebody clap your hands because that's what you got right there. I love it. Half the white people are like, can we clap?
Finally, Pharaoh said, get your people and get out. Get your people and go. Just go, just go. And so the people were like, they're free. They're marching. They're heading to the promised land. All of a sudden, somebody looked behind them. Never look back, y'all. Just never. Just keep looking forward. Keep moving forward. Unless God says stop, then you stop. Somebody looked back and saw the puff of smoke. And it wasn't just some of the Egyptian army. It was the entire Egyptian army. And they coming up after them people. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, run! So everybody starts running up until they get to what they call the Red Sea. It's not a red lake. It's not a red river. The Red Sea. And this is when everybody changes. Moses answered and said, don't be afraid. Stand your ground. You will see what the Lord will do to save you today. You will never see these Egyptians again. I love that about Moses. That brother has some faith. He didn't have nowhere else to turn. Some of you are like, of course he did. He knew what was coming. No, he didn't. Somebody has to live the faith to make someone write about their faith so we can live through their faith today. Someone had to live this. And here he is, Moses, up against this Red Sea, the entire Egyptian army. And he says, you will never see these Egyptians again. Verse 14, the Lord will fight your fight and he will keep you still. Just keep still. Then the Lord said, why are you crying? Don't you love God? God's like, why are you crying? Who cares who's coming after you? Why are you crying? Tell the Israelites to move. They didn't move until God told them. And you know what I like? I like what he did. He said, tell the Israelite to move. Lift up your walking stick and hold it out over the sea. Everybody say, raise it up. up. Come on, say, raise it up. up. One more time, say, "Raise raise it up. Hey, listen to me. God may not do what you want him to do. He may do the total opposite, but he will take care of you. So many times we acquired the habit, or I have, of always looking at God saying, are you ever going to happen? Is this going to happen? Are you going to come through? Is it going to be too late? But no, God's right on time. He's always on time. You got to understand, but you got to always do this. Keep still until God says move. When he says move, you move. Until then, stay there. David writes a beautiful psalm in Psalms 23, and he made it personal. I like the way he made it personal. You know what David said? He started by saying, the Lord is my shepherd. He wasn't telling you what you need to do. He ain't telling you who you need to serve. Unfortunately, this morning, I did not come to tell you what to do. I did not come to tell you who you need to serve. I came to be a testimony of who God is in me. You see, my mom gave me away when I was born because she said I was a mistake and she wished I'd never been born. How do you become a preacher like this when from eight years old to 20, you were highly suicidal? It's really Real simple, because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He ain't somebody else's. He ain't yours. He may be yours, but today is a personal testimony on who he is to me. The Lord is my shepherd. When I wanted to give up on life, the Lord is my shepherd. When I thought I couldn't make it, the Lord is my shepherd. When I felt I couldn't breathe anymore, the Lord is my shepherd. The question is, is he yours? Y'all didn't see me coming this morning, did you? Y'all just didn't. That's what's good. I still got 10 minutes. I think God is slowing down the sun for me again. He did it once. He could do it again. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is mine, mine, mine. When it comes to our relationship with God, we should fall right in line with him. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, this whole shepherd thing, David knew. Because David 
took care of his dad's sheep when he was little. Now, let me help you out with this shepherd thing. I had no idea until I went to Africa. I was in Africa, and they made me stay a day later than I should. Like the schedule, they gave it to me when I got there, and it had schools, all these speaking engagements, and all of a sudden, it said day off, and then the day after that, I'm flying out. So on the last night, I looked at the guy, and I said, hey, I'm going to call the airport, see if I can fly home tomorrow. He, he says, no, no, no. We purposely told you you had to work tomorrow because we thought you needed a day off. We're going to go on a safari. I said, a who? I said, a safari. We want you to see the great beast of Africa. I went, oh, what zoo are we going to? He said, that's just it. Safari is them in their natural habitat. So we get up and we drive and then we get at this place and we get in a Jeep that has no doors and no roof. And I'm like, where are the doors? And he said, no, this helps us get up close a little better. And I said, bruh. No, this is like, we're like sushi for these animals. <laughs> They're gonna look at me and go, oh, chocolate, I love chocolate. I said, no, 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 no. And he goes, you're fine, you're fine. Dude, we went out there, and at one point, this elephant, the brother was huge. He was huge, had horns. I didn't know they had real horns. I thought that was a cartoon. And he's looking, he's in the middle of the road, and the driver honked. I went, bruh, this is not Philly. You can't be honking like that. He goes, he needs to get out of my way. We got to go. I went, no, let him stay. This is his road. Finally, the elephant moved, and all, we came across, and it, it was great. I did. I saw all these things, lions, tiger, oh, my, all that stuff, all right? All of a sudden, we got to this place, and he, he, said, he said, we're going to go back and have dinner. He said, but you got to see this. This is perfect timing. And we came up on a hill, and right down the bottom of the hill was like a lake. And right when we drove up, uh, in front of us, crossing the road, was a shepherd with about 700 sheep. And I'm like, oh. he goes, it's drinking. They go down and drink before they go and be put in for the night. I said, oh, cool. And about that time, behind us, I hear, bah, like times 800. And there's another shepherd going to the same little lake with about 800 sheep. So you got 700 sheep, 800 sheep. On the other side of the lake came another dude and another dude. There's four shepherds and about like 2,500 sheep. And I looked at my driver and said, bro, somebody gonna lose a sheep up in here right now. He goes, that's why I brought you. You're not gonna believe this. All of a sudden, halfway through them hanging out, took about 10 minutes, so they drank, and these sheep are jumping around. It looked like kindergarten playground time, all right? Everybody's having fun. All of a sudden, one of the shepherds went, hey, like that, and 700 sheep. And took off with him. Then another one whistled. And about 900 sheep went with him. I said, are you kidding me? And the guy goes, now you understand it. I said, Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Because I know my master's voice. Do you know his voice this morning? If he calls, will you know how to follow if not, you can train yourself. All you got to do is stick close to the shepherd and he'll understand. He'll teach you. But what I do like, and before I leave, is this last thing. I got to ask you, 
where you live. I love David. I love the way he puts this. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. There's a key word in that. It's called through. Listen to me. Some of you on this Sunday morning, you came looking real pretty. You came looking real nice. You came with the smiles on. But I'm here to ask you, where are you living at? Are you living in the valley? You got to get out of there. It was never intended for you to pitch a tent up in that valley. Why are you still there? Why aren't you going through it? Some of you are like, well, it hurts. So I've decided to live with the pain. You weren't born to live with the pain. You were born to have Jesus you were born to be his shepherd he's the shepherd you're the sheep stop let me explain it I got who I got time here we go when David was watching his daddy's sheep one day a lion came out and tried to kill a sheep so what did David do he stood between the lion and the sheep and he killed the lion to protect the sheep another time a bear came and tried to take the sheep so what did David do he stood between the bear and the sheep and he killed the bear to protect the sheep do you know what David knew it's what we need to know no matter what this world brings no matter what we have to go through God is on our side he is the shepherd and he will stand between you and your cancer you and your broken family you and the sorrow and he'll fight for you I don't expect everybody to understand that but I do expect some of you to if you know he's fighting for you say amen if you know he's with you say amen if you know you're gonna follow him to the day you die say amen if this is you say the Lord is my shepherd say it again say it one more time And so you have to live that way. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you, God, that you love us. Thank you, God, that you care about us. God, I thank you that you know where we are. You know where in that valley we are. You know if we built a tent, and you know if we're still walking through. But God, when we leave this room, let everybody go through the valley of the shadow of death. Everybody say amen. Do you know why I call this raise it up? It's because of verse 16. The Bible says, raise your staff and stretch it out. We need to raise up hope in the world we live in. We need to raise up love. We need to raise up peace. We need to raise up you can make it. We need to let people know it's going to be all right. See, Moses had no idea that that water was going to split left and right. He had no idea until he raised the stick. Let's raise it up. Let's raise up love during this holiday season. Let's raise it up. Let's reach someone. Let's show hope to someone. You know what I love? I love verse 16 because here's the deal. Right before the people of Israel left Egypt, they went and bought stuff like you know they had to get those last set of Jordan Pharaoh shoes and they were wearing them and when they got to that river and they raised the stick and the water parted there's had to be like two or three hundred brothers with them new Jordans on going I don't want to get my Jordans muddy but look at the last phrase it says and the Israelites go through and the sea on dry ground he cares about your shoes if he does that how much more does he care about you clap your hands because that's a good little analogy right there in my last two minutes before I walk off the stage I want to give you an opportunity to raise it up everywhere I go all around the world I've had the privilege and honor of being tagged with a company called Compassion International we do schools everywhere 
Way back in the day, I was in a place called Swaziland, speaking in public schools. I did a little kindergartners, little five-year-olds. They the cutest thing. When I got done, a little kindergartner came up to me. He had broken English, and he said, help me, help me, help me. I had security with me because at the time, Swaziland was in a, 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 a civil war, and they fought at night, but during the day, they wanted guys like me to come across the border to help their kids. But it was getting late. I had to get across the border before the shooting started. And this little boy said, help me with my mom. I said, what's wrong? Back here, please, please, please. Security guys goes, let's go with him. Let's see what's up. Behind the school was a wheat field about my, to my knee. Halfway through that wheat field, you could see some of the wheat was laying down. My security guys, they're cool. They're Nigerian brothers. They know what they're doing. They're like, hold up, Reggie, don't move. They went up and they came back and go, it's a woman, she's dead. And when they said that, this little boy tugged my hand and said, help me bury mom, please. So we buried his mom, went back to the school. Now it's getting dusk. And they, they called somebody and they said, we'll let him through. The teacher said, I'm with compassion. We'll take care of this boy. It's the first time I ever heard of Compassion International. And ever since then, I, I do whatever I can for them. Compassion came to Youth Explosion. and they, Kids over there had an opportunity for $38 a month to sponsor a kid. Listen to me very carefully. Everybody look at me. I hate giving my money away. <laughs> I've sponsored four kids. I'm on my fourth. I get them all the way to college, and then I start over. Nothing ever happens good when I do this. I don't hear from them, but I know they're taken care of because I've seen firsthand with my eyes what compassion does. Now, my friend Preston, who's speaking over there, oh, he gets everything. He raised a kid who just five months ago had a son. And this kid that he did compassion for who had a son, his son is going to be five months old today. And he sent Preston a letter saying, God has blessed me with my own son, and I want you to know for what you've done for me my whole life. Because Preston got him when he was five years old, took him through college, and now here he is with his own son. He sent a picture of him with his son, and he says, I named my son Preston. That ain't good. <laughs> Nobody's naming Reggie up in here. He always get the good stuff. He got to do the young people. Look at me. Sorry. At least I got some kids. What's up, girl? How you doing? <laughs> hey, I could never let you not be a blessing. I'll never forget. I was in Africa, and I spoke at a school. When I got done, this girl comes up to me and just hugs me. And she goes, you saved my life. You saved my life. I said, where did you hear me speak? She goes, no, no, no. She goes, look. And she holds up a letter that I wrote to my compassion kid. 15 years ago. She goes, it's me. Finally, I got something. <laughs> when you leave at door A is a girl with packets just like this, kids who need help. After hearing that the Lord is your shepherd, let's raise up hope for a kid. If you'd like to stop by, that's cool. If not, that's cool. Some of you are like, how much money do you get? I don't get nothing. Why would I rob a kid? No way. But I got to give you an opportunity to be hope. She's at Dore. May the Lord bless you and keep you.
May the Lord let his light shine upon you. And as pastor comes and does benediction, please come, pastor. Thank you. Hey, listen, look at me. 30 years of kids are finding hope in Jesus because of you adults. 30 years of kids are in ministry. Did you know that I had a kid come up to me and say, hey, my mom's on the phone. Can you say hi to her? And I said, hello. And she goes, you don't know who I am. I told my son to call me when he got by you. I just want to say thank you. I went to Youth Explosion in 1999 and gave my life to Jesus. And I've been serving him ever since. And my son goes to Young Life. He's serving Jesus. And he finally got to see you. So thank you and thank you. And could you please thank Willoughby Hills Friends Church? Because every time I drive by there, I remember that was the place where I found Jesus. Thank you, church, for what you've done. God bless you. Thank you so much. Love you. Thank you so much, Reggie. Thank you so much, Samuel. Appreciate the message that both of you shared and to continue our partnership with you in Philadelphia. And I agree, uh, this will not be the last time we see you here, Reggie. That's great. Yes. Yeah. Would you stand together with me? As we, as we close, there's not... A band playing, there's no music, no uh, fancy uh, background stuff going on, but I really think it's important that before I pray that we'll just have a moment of silence, and if you're one of those today that's walking through that valley, if you're walking through it and you, you say, I just, I just need to come pray, I want to pray with some, some Christians and have them surround me, come at, during that time, it's quiet, just, just come. Or if you're one of those who say, I can't say that the Lord is my shepherd, and I want that to be the case. Um, you know, there's nothing, no better time than now to bring, to accept, and to ask Jesus to come into your heart. And Pastor Eric and I and our elders were, were, would be thrilled to have you come up this morning. And you can do it right there. All you got to do is say, Lord, uh, I'm sorry for my sin. Trust, believe, and confess. But it's good to do something publicly to let us know that, that today's the day. So uh, just in this time of quiet, as we bow our heads, if you're in one of those two camps, if you're walking through that valley or you want to know the Lord is your shepherd, today's the day. And now's the time. So let's bow our heads in, in this quiet time. If you need to come this morning, we're glad to pray with you. Father, this morning, we have been challenged. We've laughed. We've had tears in our eyes as we celebrated your goodness over 30 years. We've celebrated your goodness as we've come to knowledge and know even more the diversity of your kingdom our sister church in Philadelphia. We lift them up to you today, and we're grateful for those. But, Lord, so many other of our Hispanic churches, and, Lord, we pray and lift them up to you this morning as we get to partner with them on a daily basis. Lord, we thank you for the ministry of Reggie and being able to be in the schools this week. And, Lord, we also thank you for the message we've heard. 
Lord, for the challenge that I know there are some that are walking through deep, dark valleys right now. Lord, as we pray this morning, I pray that you would show your presence. Lord, may the light be seen through the shadows. And then, Lord, for those who this morning, Lord, maybe for the first time are saying, I want you to be my shepherd. Lord, may you be so real to them this week. May your presence, Lord, be so close to them, to us. And Lord, for today, all these teens that are gathered in this building, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for loving us while we were wandering sheep and calling us back into the fold. We'll thank you and we'll praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. You may be dismissed.